Hello, and welcome to the One Big Podcast. Once again, coming at you over the internet. I'm here with my normal co-host here, fellow worker Derek. Say hello. Hello. And a special guest from um, Boston, fellow worker Allison. I, I wasn't sure if it was Boston or Baltimore. Oh, no, it's it's Boston. I haven't been in Baltimore since I was like eight. Oh, well. I haven't been there a few years myself, actually. I've um, never been either. Today on the podcast. I came at that hot. Today, we're coming to the podcast and we're talking about mutual aid and uh, how the IWW engages in mutual aid. Derek, what do you think of when you think of mutual aid? Uh, you know, when I think of mutual aid, I have a couple of things that come to mind. One of the things that comes to mind for me is the National Labor Relations Act, right? The National Labor Relations Act gives us the right to uh, organize, to form, join, assist labor organizations, to bargain collectively, and to engage in other concerted activities um, for the purposes of collective bargaining or other mutual aid or protection. Like that is a right that is afforded to us under law in the United States. But the other thing that comes to me when I think about mutual aid isn't just the labor component. It is, it is what labor unions did, right? It is like what labor unions did before the IWW, even then when the IWW came around up until the big business unions and the AFL-CIO became the norm, um, this is what we did. We were communities of people that provided help and assistance. We fed each other. We built each other's homes. We mowed each other's lawns. We, we repaired each other's faucets. Like that is what we did uh, because we were a community of people who knew each other and supported each other. And that's what I think of when I think of mutual aid. And Allison? When I think of mutual aid, I think of um, people supporting each other. Um, Sometimes I see like a lot of times like in like and like mutual aid now it tends to be like one group of people supporting another group of people but it's usually like the support is supposed to go like both ways um and um so like maybe like if you give someone food um maybe they'll um fix something of yours maybe they'll fix something of someone then in return they'll give you food um it's supposed to be like an even um balance thing um part. actually attended it was like a podcast about um like disability justice um from um disability disabled activists of color um her name sorry their name is like leah lakshmi and they're like a well-known um disabled activist and one of the things they said is that um in the disability community a lot of times like people will like match up their abilities to help each other but like something that they've seen in like mutual aid groups that popped up during the pandemic it's mostly just like buy nothing groups and like free stuff and just like the exchange of stuff but not actually like the exchange of community um or just like one group of people believing that they can help another group of people but not believing that the other group of people they're helping can help them in any way so i think it's really about like the equal exchange of helping personally i come at it from the anarchist perspective because as I do everything, I'm currently wearing an Emma Goldman shirt. Uh, oh, cool. And for me, mutual aid is like building systems outside of the mm. system that is oppressing you. So it's like, oh, you know, we're, for example, in our branch, we had CWA 3 and they distributed masks during the pandemic to restaurant workers. And it was like, we can go to, the, you know, the local government or the state government or the federal government and try to lobby for these things or we can just ignore that system altogether and create a system where we take care of each other regardless of capitalist influence and i'd like to see them as 
that because then you can think about sustainability of yeah. mutual aid instead of just being a one time hey let's you know do this one push it's like we do uh, at the beautiful gate they do that food pantry thing and that's like an ongoing thing that feeds people you know and you know yeah. you want to build a system that can like help long term yeah I think one of the things that bothers me is um there's this Trotskyist org um called International Marxist Tendency and they were like oh my god mutual aid is just like terrible like like how do people think that they can like form a system like an alternative outside the system like we should just spend all of our energy trying to pressure the system and like I get that to a certain extent because like I do think that there are some systems that like we can't really like be mutual aid like for example like um like medical care because like like that should be for free obviously but like like for example like people like whenever like someone like a doctor used to come over like people used to give the doctor like potatoes and like it was helpful but like that's not like like we deserve a system more sophisticated than that like I do think that like we need to like nationalize like the healthcare system Mm -hmm. but but at the same time like I think that people should not like just poo-poo mutual aid efforts like uh, on its whole because I think that like as you said like forming alternative systems outside systems is like really important i think that mutual aid allows us to like practice like what does it look like like what does an alternative society look like i think it allows us to practice and i think it allows us to learn and like to gain a lot of those like vital skills like i do think it has its limits but i think that it's been helpful especially during the pandemic and it's like helped out a lot of people and i think that we should use it um as a, as a way to learn how to build a new world totally it's like small experiments in a building of a better world you know where like i i derek and i have talked about this before i I love reading philosophy books and you know that kind of thing and those big thick thousand page dry ass books but that can only take you so far if you don't if you don't like you know focus and like put it into practice or praxis as those books would say and like uh mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you got to get out there and like actually apply it to the world and then you can see the limits of that philosophy where like like okay this works in theory but like it needs adjustment when it meets the real world so derek i know um ypsilanti's branch has relationships with different mutual aid groups here you want to talk about any of those well the biggest one in ypsilanti is a is a group called the mutual aid network of ypsilanti and i'm i'm a big i'm a really big fan of the of the work that that they do and they're kind of a come in and do what you can um, organization. Like they have a number of standing programs. They do a lot of pantry support. Um, you know, they've been doing a lot of pullover prevention, but I know that there's a lot of energy being put into their pantry support program. Um, and I really appreciate their approach to mutual aid because, because it's meant to be very transformative, right? It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be about building up a community of people um, getting to know people, providing a, a network of relationships that that you can make use of to, to subsist and survive outside of systems that have marginalized you or ignore you or in general just forget that you even exist. So uh, I, I think that they have, a, they have a really solid program, especially when it comes to providing assistance to the community, but like all mutual aid programs, right? I mean, we live in capitalism and these things, these things definitely cost money. Uh, pantry support isn't cheap, it's not free. Uh, it requires bodies of labor, it requires people engaging. And, and despite the fact that the many, to my knowledge, is a very kind of active and engaged program, 
you know, every week there are calls almost for more people engaging in driving or delivering of groceries or picking up and moving those groceries. Um, so uh, I know that they're, that they're very engaged in the community and it's very easy to plug in with them and kind of develop out programs through their platform. Uh, I'm a big fan of their overall kind of structure and approach to things. Um, but even, even despite that, like mutual aid is a system, right? Mutual aid is a system that we ultimately have to build and perpetuate. It can't just be left to die in the vine and develop on its own. It has to be like carried forward by us as a community in a non like hierarchical format, uh, but it does have to be carried forward. And we all have to take responsibility for maintaining and keeping it going. Otherwise it will like everything stop functioning at some point. And Ashley, uh, um, are they doing much where you're at? Yeah, there's been quite a lot of um, mutual aid orgs um, in Boston. There's been Solidarity Supply Distro, which a lot of Wobblies have been active in, which is kind of like a coalition of like different leftist orgs um, doing mutual aid. Um, I think it's mostly been like food focused. And then um, there's also like mutual aid Medford and Somerville, which does like political education. Um, they help with like trying to get people like childcare, um, food. Like even just like somebody you need to talk to forming like like neighborhood pods, all sorts of stuff. I've attended some of their like political education Zoom workshops. And then there's also like Roxbury JP Mutual Aid, which I've not like been as active in because it's like not as close to where I live. I really like the mutual aid groups. I'm planning on getting more involved. Well, you know, and yeah. one of the things one of the things that I think is really important to identify, at least in my own understanding of mutual aid. Uh, is is like what our like organizing intent is there right and so like the many for example have a very explicit statement um, about their methodology that their methodology is mutual aid and solidarity not the sort of conventional top-down approach that a lot of charities that a lot of charities take on and you know the IWW uh, here in Ypsilanti we're doing a lot of organizing with people in various sectors and it should come as no surprise to folks who follow the labor sector that nonprofit in organizing inquiries from the nonprofit sector that do a lot of charity work are a very common source of organizing intake. We get a lot of pings from the nonprofit sector from workers who have very serious issues with how much they're being exploited by their, by their charity nonprofit who pays their president and vice president some astronomical sum of money while workers continue to barely rake in any money at all. And they put forward like these very sort of paltry sort of um, benefit packages for the community that they're supposed to support and provide, provide, that, provide that charity and aid to. Um, it's a very kind of messed up way to, to maintain an interesting power dynamic where, where the privileged still get to sustain themselves off the back of charity, uh, while the people who are taking part in it end up continuing to suffer from it and just require, and they have to keep taking part in it because they, they can't afford to not take part in it, right? Like we're not fixing their core problems. We're not, we're not supporting their way out of poverty or supporting their way to survive outside of these charitable programs. Um, these charitable programs actually really subsist off of, off of their need because they need, they need that grant money. They need their underwriters to provide them some more funding for the next year. So they need to keep showing that, that yes, to make sure that our CEO, that our president is making that $5 million a year um, uh, in compensation. I'm looking at you, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, um, <laughs> or, uh, 
or I'm looking at you, Robert Stone of the City of Hope and Affiliates, making $3 million a year as the CEO of that organization. Hey, guys, I'm going to start charity. <laughs> <laughs> like that, like that's the racket, though, right? And, uh, and, you know, not all charities necessarily pay their people, at, like, like pay their, their chief operating officers ridiculous amounts of money, but... But a lot of them, quite a few of them do. And, and it's not a system, it's a system that definitely does not help break the problems that they are helping to alleviate. For sure. I think there's a lot of dangers to charity, uh, which is why I like to focus more on mutual aid. Um, one, of the, one of the dangers of charity is that it's addressing the symptom of like the problem. It's not addressing the problem, it's addressing the symptom of a problem. And it's like, like you can feed the homeless but what are you doing to change the world that creates homeless people? Have either of you read the book, um, The Revolution Will Not Be Funded? No. Yeah, so it's all about this. It's all about the nonprofit industrial complex. Um, it was a really eye-opening book to me. Um, it was a book that I read when I was in college, when I was like interning at my first nonprofit, which I experienced a lot of this, and it like really helped me a lot. Oh, um, it goes very into depth with how like nonprofit organizations were formed um as a way to like quell rebellion um and like how like they're formed like basically to like help people as much as like in order to keep them from like not rebelling like that's it like that's um it's a pacifier yeah it was a really insightful book but yeah no i i completely agree um i think sometimes though i've seen like while i really like mutual aid groups i've also seen them like sometimes like replicate um, nonprofits, um, like, I think particularly this is something that I see in my branch, um, because, um, a lot of our fellow workers in my branch are like tech workers who make, um, a decent amount of money. And sometimes if like, they aren't like ready to organize, or if they aren't like comfortable organizing, they'll just kind of like donate a bunch of money to like a mutual aid org. And they're like, oh, well, let's go ahead and do my part. I see this a lot mm. with like, white leftists who like make like a decent money it's not the same like because like it's not like the whole like top town structure where like they're telling the volunteers like what to do with their money like the way that like wealthy donors do in the same way but it is kind of a way where i think sometimes like people feel like they can just kind of like give money without like actively like being engaged in the communities yeah and like a lot of these organizations the thing they need more than money is bodies and like people to do the work you know yeah that's way more important which is something we discussed recently in a meeting is how we need more hands on deck and less people just paying their dues. Um, yep. Another danger I, I would say is like, it doesn't come from the bottom up. Like Derek was saying, like it's, it's very much like a, we see, we know what the best route is to solve this problem. It's, you know, throw money at it or whatever. Whereas like mutual aid involves the community they're trying to help and goes bottom up. What do you need from us? You know what I mean? Like here's here's a bunch of hands that are willing to do work. What do you guys need? You know? Yeah. Um, no, that's I mean, that is that is definitely super a part of the problem, right? Um and I, I mean I think that you're spot on, you're spot on, Jason. And and you see this, it's you know, it's funny, not funny that the IWW experiences because this is this is a very common problem in trade unions, right? It's a very common problem in trade unions where people come in, they pay their dues. Um, and they expect the leadership to run the union. Like, this is what I'm paying your salary for. This is what, this is what I, this is what I give my dues for. What do I get from you for paying my dues? It is a, it is a transactional relationship. 
Um, and, and we, I think, really have an obligation to try to avoid doing that because that really reproduces some very serious problem, problems. It, it, we, we have to always ask people to engage in the work. If you're not engaging the work, whether that's organizing work or, or, or mutual aid work, like we have to be out there doing things and we can't expect a small number of people who are not getting paid because this is the IWW after all, and we will fight to the death anytime we offer money to any member of the IWW. <laughs> uh, and, and so um, in, that, in that instance, um, we have to encourage people to engage because many hands make light work. And, and if we're a, if we're an organization that is dedicated to only hiring temporary organizers, um, all hands need to be on deck as often as possible. I will give a shout out to, uh, I know some other mutual aid groups. There's like Tromboplex does a lot of cool stuff out of, out of there. That's like for their neighborhood. And, um, they, you know, they do like alternate education, which I think is really cool and something I, I'd like to get into. They feed and like help people build stuff. They do like bike workshops where, hey, learn how to fix your bike, that kind of thing. And I think uh, the, um, a lot of the work I'm, I like in the mutual aid sphere is like looking towards steering society, right? So like it's alternate education. It's like having a party, but then like also hey, we're, here's our, some of our philosophy behind why we're doing this kind of thing. Like Food Not Bombs, where they're like, very much like, we're feeding you because we think that's more important than killing people on the other side of the planet. <laughs> I think, well, I, was gonna, I want to respond to what Derek said. Um, well, I think, so I've been in the branch secretary now for almost like a year and a half now, although it feels longer. Being branch secretary for a year and a half, I've noticed um that like you just kind of have to like constantly keep like checking with people and like engaging with people and like like you try to have a presence at like protests and stuff so like it's just like keep constantly checking in like keep engaging with people I think one of the things I'd really like to see is like because like we see like a lot of like burnout in leftist spaces I'd really like to like when people join like a leftist org to like help them like create like a life map how like they want to be involved and like what they want to do like when they experience burnout and then like when they experience burnout like how they would like to ease into the work again and like figure out like kind of a life map for them of like how like they want to like how they want to like be involved but another thing too is like often like really challenging dive experiences like sometimes like you'll have people join and they're like yeah I want to be like really involved this and that and you're like cool would you like be interested in like chairing like your next like our next meeting like after like you've been to a few meetings or like or like doing this or doing that and then they're like no absolutely not and they're like, why'd you join um absolutely like, not <laughs> when people get involved in mutual aid it's a good way to usher them into workplace organizing it's like hey see this thing you're doing in the community you could do that at your workplace as well yeah i actually think that um more mutual aid needs to be more tied to workplace organizing because I think that like mutual aid is like what makes solidarity unionism work because like like if you don't have like people like regular people show up to the picket line or like give food on the picket line or like give water or things like that um the picket line doesn't run exactly. and, so, and like you know having like people check in on each other at their houses you know like yeah, while you're on a strike or something yeah exactly I think the thing that a lot of me mutual aid org struggle with is like they like want to get people politically engaged but at the same time like they don't want to like pressure people into like doing things 
But at the same time, like, I definitely think that there needs to be, like, more workplace organizing coming out of mutual aid organizing. I think, like, one of the things, like, an organizer from the Twin Cities told me um, is that, like, you have to, like, organize on the basis of capital. And so um, we have to really, like, organize, like, with people who, like, are at the same level of capital that we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, if they have your same landlord or, like, uh, or, like, have your same like boss or like in your same place or something like that. So I want to just revisit something I heard you say, Allison, and that is burnout, right? And like, this is, this is somewhere that we can provide mutual aid directly in our branches for folks. And like, I actually am very intrigued by this idea of like a, like a life plan, right? Like, how do you tap into the union? How do you tap out of the union? For a little bit of context, we literally just had a meeting where we talked about this. <laughs> we did literally just have a meeting where we talked about this. And one of the, you know, one of the, you know, when we bring people into the org, we, we have a basic onboarding conversation where it's like, here's what we do. Here's where the work is. Is any of this of interest to you? It is great. Here's how you can plug into those things. Um, but one thing that I know the Ipsy branch isn't doing super great now, right now is, like what's happening when burnout is starting to happen. Like people disappear and we don't know what to do with them. We have a mental health support group that gets run every week, sometimes twice a week. And that's been very good for some people, but also not everybody avails themselves of that, right? Not everyone goes to that. And not everybody is going to be served by group, like, like a group therapy conversation session. So, you know, one of the things that I've been very interested in is like, gosh, what do we do about, about burnout? And the solution, like the, the obvious solution is more people doing more work. Well, more, more people doing less work, I think is the, is the right phrase. Yes. Like more people yeah, doing, more people less, doing work. less work. Yeah. That's right. Um, but, but, but without that in place, like what is our response to organizer burnout right now? And, and how do we begin to support our fellow workers who are dues paying members who are experiencing the very real burnout that comes with labor organizing or even beyond that, like in an organizing campaign, boy, that is in the trenches and people get tired. They get burned out. They feel anxious. They feel like they're targeted. Like what is what are our mutual aid structures in those settings alone that we can like develop and, and work with people on? Yeah, um, I'm actually thinking about like becoming a therapist and a like and a life coach specifically for like activists, like specifically like for like leftists and leftist spaces because like I've noticed that like in a lot of leftist spaces and like honestly I think it's great that you all have a mental health space. Um, I think I think I might want to replicate something like that in my branch. I've been thinking about it, but like that's really cool. Yeah, I really want to become like a therapist and a life coach for like leftist organizers and activists because I think that yeah, like a lot of people just like burn out and then they leave. I think the really big thing is just like like against like that like per- persistence, and it's also like like working at like the destigmatization and just like building community and like like building things like people like can look forward to, um like. I'm gonna try like like organize our first picnic yeah and just like being patient and like also um like in one of my organizing campaigns I was active in like I had a worker burnout like a few months ago and um I've like been like kind of like reconnecting with him but like I don't like text him like every week I've like texted him like when it was like his like time to like get a shot like when like I knew like he was like eligible like I was like oh like did you get your first shot yet and he was like yes I did 
And then like, I like checked him again, again, like, like, like three weeks after like, oh, did you get your second shot yet? Yes. I like, oh, like, do you think you might be like willing to like come to this protest? You know, what? I'm going to think about it. I'll like let you know, but like, thank you for asking me. So I think like sometimes it's just like, like reaching out to people, like not letting them like completely fade, but like reaching out to people, but not like doing it like, oh my God, when are you come back? We miss you. We need you. But like, okay, what's up? Um, it'd be cool if you could come. If not, no pressure. Yeah. Yeah, I think like mental health and mutual aid feed into each other, right? So like you can build mutual aid around people's mental health, like uh, we like we try to do with our mental health meetings. And then the better you support each other as a community, the better your mental health is going to be, and the more solidarity you're going to have. It's it's a positive feedback loop, but also if you don't do it, it's a negative feedback loop where we just burns out. Oh, you know what could be an f- interesting idea? I just it just occurred to me. Um, so, Allison, we also have this thing at our at our monthly general membership branch meetings. Um, we have this thing that we call a capacity check-in, right? Where everyone in the room basically takes a couple minutes and just checks in about where they are, what kind of capacity do they have, um, and how are they doing? Ooh, I um, like that. We're gonna we're definitely gonna incorporate that. Oh my god, I'm 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 I'm, I'm snatching that. Um, <laughs> snatch it, snatch it, snatch it, and run. Um, we stole it from someone else. I don't remember who we stole it from, but I but I I'm sure we also took it from someone else. But one thing that we could consider doing. Um, <laughs> is is like at that GMB meeting when we're doing our capacity check-in uh, when our delegates are present because our delegates do a lot of touch base like they do a lot of calling people and having conversations with people maybe we could even break into small groups and just like have a couple of like take just take 10 15 minutes out of the meeting and just do a social uh, like accountability check-in how are we doing like how the hell are you yeah um, we yeah, we do at the end, but I definitely think we could do like a better job of that. We could definitely do that better. And I think that was like like very like helpful feedback. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that those conversations in developing, making sure that we have those relationships and kind of giving people space. I think I think that's that phrase that you used, Allison, like giving people a safe space in which we are providing support to one another. There was a campaign I was on here in um in Ann Arbor called Mighty Good Coffee. It was a Mighty Good Coffee campaign. We actually dropped cards there. The workers um, negotiated the contract before the company uh, decided that it was too stressful to run a business and closed their doors. Um, They can go fuck themselves, but the workers were great. (laughs) And um, those workers had, one of the first things I noticed when I came to those workers was like how serious their mutual aid network was they all knew each other, they fed each other, when something fucked up happened, when a customer walked in and treated someone like shit, like they were there to have each other's back. And that's workplace solidarity. That's workplace solidarity. That's inner worker solidarity. That's basic mutual aid, right? That is standing up for one another. That is working with one another. That's making sure that everybody has a place to stay, um, has the food they need to sustain themselves. That is power. And when the bosses came at them, like you weren't breaking them, right? Because they already stood together in so many different spaces um, that that having their boss come at them was just one more shitty customer coming through the door, treating them like crap. And and I found that network so powerful to have. And it's it's one of those things that you can't just like, you can't manufacture that. Like you can encourage it. You can encourage people to talk to each other, but you have to have actors in a space who are willing to engage in mutual aid because if you don't have that 
Like you're like you're missing a very serious component of solidarity unionism of unionism period, right? Because that's where we're going to get our strength from. We're going to get our strength, and I tell workers this to every campaign I go to. If you and your fellow workers do not know that you have one another's back, this campaign is it, it is it's not doomed, but it has a lot to make up for. Yeah, like exactly. Thumbs down, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's got problems. That's a yeah, red flag immediately. Like one of the things I think our branch has really struggled in is that a lot of times like people join the IWW because like they don't like their coworkers, which like fair, like like I like I also like struggle building a connection with my coworkers. But at the same time, it makes it like really difficult because like then like like a lot of times like like you get people who are like I hate my coworkers, so I joined the IWW to like so like so I can find some solidarity. And then we're like, oh, are you gonna organize your workplace? No, because I hate my coworkers. So and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, and that's like antithetical yeah. to mutual aid and solidarity. So I so today I drove out to Waterford, Michigan, um, to pick up some to pick up some supplies. And I know, Allison, you don't know Michigan super well, but just say that Waterford is in Oakland County, and it's definitely a conservative part of the state. When, when So when I walked into this, when I walked into the store I was going to, there were a group of workers who were basically talking about Gretchen Whitmer. Um, they were talking politics, which is weird, because I don't normally hear workers talking about politics so out in the front, but they were all doing it, and about the mask mandate, and how our governor just like rolled the mask mandate back, and you know, politicians are, are garbage. And especially that politician, she's real power hungry. And like, there's a, there's a part of me that's like, okay, we're going to fight now. Right. Because, because you are not my tribe. You are not my people, but, but they are like, these people are workers. These are, these are workers who have very serious problems. They don't make enough money. They don't have enough hours. They get screwed by their boss. Like that's what I'm. That's what I'm here to do is to build those relationships. You don't like Gretchen Whitmer? Well, guess what? I don't love her either. Um, I, I I have I have a I have I'll admit a liberal affinity for Gretchen Whitmer. Um, I do vote. Not every anarchist will will approve of my voting, but that's that's fine. I vote and I voted for Gretchen Whitmer, but I understand why people have a problem with her, and I understand why people have an issue with government. And my my role as an organizer is not to come into a workplace and chastise people for being anti-Whitmer, right? And that's why the IWW is an apolitical organization. What I can do is show up and provide mutual aid. What what do you need? What can I do to support you? And 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 what is missing in your life right now that you feel at risk or in danger of falling off the grid? And how can I how can I help you? That is how we change people and how we bring people into our work. And that, that yeah, I definitely like to see particularly like like more white men engage with like more like reactionary coworkers because I think like that's like a very helpful thing to like our like straight white male coworkers can do is like is is talk to reactionary coworkers. So I think to sum up, mutual aid good. <laughs> and we should do more of it. Any final thoughts, Derek? I mean, I, I think that I think there's a broader conversation to have here. And I know Allison, you you talked a little bit to me about some of the thing, other topics that you'd love to dig into. And I'd love to have, you know, further conversations. Um, and you know, we have a lot of opportunities, and I've said it here on the show before, and I'll say it again, like workers issues issues that affect workers are workers issues right like that's that's the bottom line um and i am often concerned about the number of times that i've heard from you know some some fellow workers and you know this is not trying to throw anyone under the bus but you know i personally am concerned when i hear someone say like well we're a labor union we're only here to organize in a workplace well 
I just disagree with that. And, and like, you know, tenants unions are, are real workers. These are workers doing real organizing. And our experience translates into those spaces. Um, and a lot of those people are being affected by landlords who are not allowed in our union for a reason, right? They're they, they, they are being affected by a system that they can't afford to live in um, because of a thing that we organize in, right? So, so these are all spaces that we can come in and support and provide mutual. We don't have to take them over. I don't want to take them over. How do we support those efforts? How do we show up on site and say, hey, I'm here to help. What can we do, by the way? I'm the Ypsilanti IWW, I'm the Boston IWW, um, uh, this is what we do, happy to help. Uh, and you know, we would certainly get members from doing that, but that can't be the only reason we're there. It can't be a utilitarian um, equation. We show up to do the work because the work needs to be done. And this is how we build solidarity. This is how we build alternatives to capitalism. This is how we survive under capitalism when everything is built against us. Uh, and that is that is what I'd like to see us do more of. You just got to build that capacity and stop the burnout. <laughs> yeah. Um. Currently in Boston, um, the tenant union organizing, um, has more members than RIWW, and we've been like really supportive. Um, our like harassment and grievance officers like very involved in like the Greater Boston Tenants Union, and um, we went to one of their rallies um like two months ago. They had like a rally like two months ago. Um, they were rallying in front of um, one of the art museums in Boston because one of the big donors to the art museum is like a it's like a big slumlord and we were just kind of there like we just we waved our flag and we marched in the march and we clapped when people clapped when they yelled about their landlords and we we told them that you know we were there for them in solidarity and we just kind of like supported them from afar and um it like people it really resonated with them um, one of the one of the policies that I have is like I don't like to recruit um, because I think like recruiting comes off as like very like creepy like I just like to like do the work and like if they like what we do then they join and if they don't they don't um, currently we've been talking about getting more posters out with links to sign up for trainings because now like we have enough members that we can do like a monthly training um, but yeah I think it's just like supporting from afar and also like hoping that more of our fellow workers will join the tenants unions because like landlords are also like a form of a boss so like and I think also too um I think one of the things that I'm currently struggling with is like I feel like it would it would be really hard for people to like do labor organizing and tenant union organizing at the same time um and so like figuring out like how like there are ways that, like we can help people like do both at the same time um and so that's currently something that I'm currently grappling with. Well, right. thanks so much to fellow warrior Allison for joining us from Boston. And um, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. And that's the show, folks. It was recorded and edited by me, fellow worker Jason. The intro and outro song are also by me, fellow worker Jason. If you'd like to join the IWW and be part of the One Big Union, go to iww.org slash join. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns for us, you can always email us at ypsilanti at iww.org. And until next time, an injury to one is an injury to all. <laughs>